Hi, welcome, lovely to be with you. And my name is Caroline. At the minute, it is uh, summer, and I don't know about you, I don't know if you've managed to get away from home this year, or if you've kind of been having some days out from home, well, we went away for a little bit and we had the pleasure of uh, the British motorways last week or the week before now. I was driving back home from uh, Suffolk, van, bikes, everything really packed down. And I don't generally mind driving, but normally I prefer um, a little bit of a small car. But here I was in the big van going down the motorway. And you know what it's like, you've got people blasting up behind you. I think at one point I was there doing the speed limit, trying to overtake, and someone kind of pulled up alongside me. And I knew that this person was gonna do something a little bit crazy. So they decided to undertake me and kind of fill that safety gap. I find driving on the motorways okay if people obey the rules and obey the signs. But when people start to drive a little bit crazy, I either get a bit angry or a bit scared, depending on uh, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. And as I prayed about what to talk about, God gave me some really um, clear signs as I was praying. And they were actually roadside. So what I want to do today is I want to just unpack what I feel the Holy Spirit wants to teach us um, through these signs. So one of the first signs was just really clear and it was just a very simple stop sign. The next sign was a no entry sign. So we're familiar with both of those. But the third sign wasn't the kind of sign you'd find kind of on the motorways or the roads or in your highway code. I'm going to call it a God sign, but it was a red triangle. So it was a warning sign. And in the red triangle was a picture of a bed and there was someone lying down asleep in the bed. So there we are. So I'm going to just talk about those things. But before I go any further, I'm going to um, pray for us as we listen to this this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that wherever we are today, whatever's going on in our life, whatever's going on inside of us, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us just to stop, just to allow you to speak to us, to direct us, to encourage us, to guide us and to teach us. Amen. So a couple of uh, years ago, we were going on um, a kind of little retreat thing for work and it involved about a three and a half, four hour car journey. And we'd been in the car, there was a few of us going, we'd been in the car for about 20 minutes when suddenly all the traffic came to a total and utter halt. And it was just solid. And the part of the road we were on is normally generally pretty free flowing. It wasn't um, rush hour. So we knew there must be something going on. So we assumed, oh, well, maybe there's a car accident. We put the radio on, nothing was getting reported. There was just a red line on the sat nav. And I don't know how patient you are, uh, but when it starts to happen, especially if I know I've got a bit of a journey going ahead, I can start to think, well, how long am I gonna be here? Is this gonna be 10 minutes? Am I gonna be sitting here for the next four hours? Where's this going? Anyway, it transpired after about 45 minutes of just not going anywhere, that the problem was that in fact, there was some sheep had escaped from a field and they were running all over the motorway, just a little bit further up from where we were. So stopping is often in our lives something that is quite, um, can be seen as being quite a negative thing. 
suppose it seems what you're getting stopped from, isn't it? But to God, stopping is often a really crucial thing that he wants us to make being part of our lives. Stopping for the right things is essential and it's really necessary for us growing in our relationship with God. And as followers of Jesus, developing those patterns and rhythms of intentionally stopping daily, once, even twice, even more times, to be with God and to pause and to listen and to have quality time with him is just so foundational for us growing close in our relationship to God and being transformed by the spirit to become the people that he wants us to be and to do the things that he's inviting us into. I have um, a little book at work and it's kind of where I jot down everything that I'm going to be doing, um, make all my notes in it. And right at the start of that book, I have written in nothing good is done in haste. Nothing good is done in haste because sometimes I can get to my desk and I can start thinking, oh, I need to speak to them and I need to do this and I haven't done that. I can feel myself inside beginning to feel stressed or overwhelmed or like I've got something to prove. And I have to kind of stop myself and come back and say, hang on, nothing good is done in haste. I need to invite God just for those moments into this moment to acknowledge that he's with me, that he's for me, that he stands with me and that he is my help and not just plow on blasting into the day. Because in my life, I'm a pretty spontaneous person. Um, people who know me know that I don't like to sit still for long. I don't like to sit through a whole film. It's quite a struggle for me. I like to physically um, move about a lot. If I have a whole day at my desk, by the end of the day, I wanna like literally run up and down the stairs or just do something. So naturally, physically, I am quite a lively and quite a spontaneous person. And over the last 20 years of following Jesus, God has been really trying to not change that part of me, but often I can be someone who's quite hasty. I maybe just wanna make a decision or I feel like I need to respond to somebody. And especially over the last five years, God's really been working in me, teaching me the importance of kind of really slowing down who I am inside, not putting so much in my day that I stretch myself beyond belief, not feeling like I instantly need to give an answer when someone asks me. And as I've done that, God has really helped me and he's really transformed me. And I think that's stopping is so positive and I think it's such a rich lesson for each one of us and I am a work in progress so let me tell you a story from my life from about six years ago and it really highlights the importance of obeying this stop sign and putting it as a feature in our own life so about six years ago um, I decided that I wanted to move house and the reason I wanted to move house really was because there'd been a few things happening in my street and they'd made me feel uncomfortable and they'd made me feel um, a bit frightened. And I thought I don't want to have live in a street where things like this go on. It wasn't anything major and it wasn't happening all the time, but in my head it had become quite a big thing and I was worrying about it inside. So instead of stopping, to really sit with the Lord and let him unpick 
the fact of what was going on in me was fear and lack of trust in him, I decided that I had to react. And my reaction was, well, I need to move. So I'm quite a persuasive person. <laughs> my husband didn't want to move. He didn't think it was a good idea, but there was me. I decided it's time to move. Come on, let's get on with this. I put my house on the market. I spent money. Um, I didn't really have the money at the time to move to a particularly better house. Inside, I had no peace, but I kind of refused to stop and really listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I was so headstrong and so determined that this was what we were gonna do, that this was a good idea, that I just kind of plowed on and just ignored the signs that God was putting in my life. I know that when I lack peace, that that is the Holy Spirit trying to lead me in my life. And I'm sure it's the same for you because God leads with peace. And if we don't have peace with something, then it's time to really, really listen to that because the Holy Spirit works through our emotions as well. So when we sense in a lack of peace, that isn't a good thing. So I lacked peace, but I went on with it anyway. And I'd even got to the point, I had even seen a house, I put an offer on it, I had an offer accepted, still didn't have any peace, I felt stressed, but I thought, no, this is fine, this is the right, this is the right thing to do. And sadly, I dragged my family along with me on this um, harebrain idea. And it would have all gone, um, it would have all gone through. Uh, we were told we could have the money, everything was lining up. And then we went away for a week. And when we came back from this uh, week away, we had a phone call off the bank and they said that they wouldn't lend us one more penny and that we could not have that mortgage and that it was not happening. And I cried. And I realized at that point that God's hand was so firmly on that situation that he had said no entry. But out of love for me, out of love for my family, he had shut that door, even though I had gone blasting through it, ignoring the stop sign, God shut the door and just said no entry, no further. And then one month later, our son was diagnosed with a brain tumour. It would have been literally the worst time to move house. It was not the right house to go to. It was not the right decision to make. And God had to teach me. I felt so ridiculous. I felt so embarrassed that I'd been so spontaneous and so headstrong. I wouldn't stop to listen to advice. I wouldn't stop to listen to the Lord. That I wasted money. I wasted time. I wasted emotion. And I was so thankful to God that he knew me and he knew my life better than I do. And he knows your life and he knows you better than you do. And the spirit of God wants to lead you in just the same way that he wants to lead me. I've got a little phrase in my life um, that serves me well, that it isn't what God keeps from you, it's what God keeps you from. It isn't what God keeps from you, like he's some hard, stingy, unloving father, but it's what he keeps you from in his sovereign hand of love. We sit in the hand of our loving Heavenly Father. And the busier our lives get, so often it's easy to say, well, I haven't got time. I haven't got time to stop and to be with the Lord. I would say the very opposite. The busier our lives get, the more crucially essential it is that we stop because God is our help. And if we aren't stopping to invite him to be our help, then we're not gonna have that help to that same degree. And Jesus also said, if you abide in me, 
in John 15, you will produce great fruit. If you want to be fruitful in your life, you want to be fruitful as a parent, you want to be fruitful in your marriage, you want to be fruitful in your career, you want to be fruitful as a follower of Jesus, then abide in Jesus. Slow down to intentionally make time every day to stop and to be with him. We also need to stop so that we can reassess. Stopping to reassess where we're at is so crucial. Had I stopped in the middle of that journey of thinking that I wanted to move house, to really listen to the Holy Spirit, for him to speak to me and say, actually, you're not doing this for the right reason, you're reacting out of fear. And I wanna free you from that in your life. Then I would have not walked down the road that I walked down. Quite a long time ago now, probably 15 years ago, um, I used to work for a church down in London and we were having a, like a little retreat day out in Surrey. We were in the middle of nowhere and it was like the early days of a sat-nav. And we were out on a walk and we were in the middle of fields. And I kid you not, a guy in a car started driving through this field. There wasn't even a path. He was literally in a farmer's field. And we were looking and we just couldn't quite believe what we were seeing. And then his car got stuck. So our staff team went over to speak to him and apparently he was on his way to Gatwick Airport and he was following his sat-nav. And I don't know at what point the alarm bells started to ring, whether he just thought he had like the quickest route ever to Gatwick Airport through a farmer's field. However, this guy was quite clearly not getting to the airport anytime soon and he was now in fact stuck. So we couldn't really do anything else other than um, suggest he just went back to the nearest main road and that we would all kind of push and shove his car to try and get him out of that farmer's field. He had been so headstrong like me and so determined that he had at no point stopped and thought, hang on, something's off piste here, something's not sitting right. Maybe I'm lacking peace. Hang on, I'm in the middle of a farmer's field. Something's just not right here. Had he stopped and had he rerouted his sat-nav, had I stopped and rerouted and sat with the lawn and said, hang on, something's not quite right here, then I could have saved myself a lot of heartache. Proverbs 14 verse 8 says, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. Perhaps you feel a little bit like you are stuck in your life. Maybe you feel like you've just gone off track. Maybe you feel like that guy and you feel like a fool. You're like, I'm sitting here in the middle of a field. Where has this gone so wrong? I felt so foolish when I went down that situation with my house. I felt so foolish and embarrassed. But, you know, we all do it. So. All I can encourage you to do today is if you just feel like I'm a bit, I'm a bit off piste, I don't quite know where I'm going, I've got decisions to make, I feel like I might walk down the wrong route. God's advice to you would just be stop, stop, slow down, invite God into those questions, into those ideas first, and also ask for wise counsel. Sometimes it's really humbling to go and ask other people who we think are maybe a bit wiser than us 
to speak into our life because we worry that we might feel a little bit silly. But ask for wise counsel. And also, don't ever make a decision that you know doesn't line up with scripture because that is never, ever a wise thing to do. Perhaps you feel like you're so kind of far bogged down in that field, it's almost like you're in a pit. The, God, the Lord just wants to encourage you today that there is no pit that he cannot pull you out of. And also in those hard places, if we invite God to come and be with us and speak to us and we stop even in the pit and we say, Lord, I'm going to be with you, then he can do an absolutely transformational work in you in that place. Or maybe you feel kind of entirely differently and you're kind of just there and life's really sweet, everything's going well and you're just kind of going along the road and looking out the window and it's, everything's great. Do you know what? That is great because God wants us to enjoy our life. He wants us to have joy and he wants us to have fun and he wants us to have all those good things. However, my little warning to you would be don't fail even in those easy times to stop. Don't be like the man who built his house on the sand. The house looked amazing, but the storm still came. None of us are gonna walk through this life storm free. It just doesn't happen. So whatever season we're in, whether we're hurtling the head and life's sweet, or we're down in the pit, or we feel stuck, or we just feel like there's something just slightly off piste and we just need to reroute. For each and every one of us, it's just so important that we build that rhythm in continually through the joys and through the sorrows of that constant daily walking it out with Jesus. It's that rhythm, just it's constant. It's just something that we do. It's something that we become. And as we build that as a habit, it'll just become something that is just so foundational to who we are. And we just keep going with it and we just keep on. The question we often um, ask ourselves, and I think you might ask yourself it, because I ask myself it, the question I often ask myself is, am I happy? But actually, there's a better question, a much better question, a much more godly question. And the question is, am I on course? So that when I meet you face to face, Lord, I'm going to hear you say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Because I want to be happy. I want to enjoy my life. I want to have nice things. And that's fine. And that's great. But as a follower of Jesus, before that, God says, seek first my kingdom and all my righteousness and everything else will be given to you as well. The life of the follower of Christ is the first ask. Am I wholeheartedly following you, Jesus? Am I wholeheartedly becoming the person that you are trans wanting to transform me into? Am I walking out the steps that you had already predestined before the foundation of the earth for me, for my life? So I'm going to read from uh, Matthew 25, which tells the story of a man who represents God giving out a certain amount of gold to three different men. The first two men 
put their money to work and God was delighted and he said this to him. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. But in contrast, the final man buried his treasure. He didn't do anything with it. And this was the response. And when the master returned to discover that he hadn't even tried to do anything with what he'd been gifted with, he was angry. But the man tried to deflect the blame back onto the master, telling him that he was a mean man. And this is what it says in Matthew 25. It says, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. You see, the final man believed a lie about the master. He believed that he was mean and he believed that he was hard hearted and he lived his whole life out of that lie and he missed his reward and he missed his master's delight. When we stop, we learn what God is truly like. When we read the scriptures, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come and rest on us, when we're just sitting and worshipping and being in the presence of God, we begin to understand how truly good God is, how full of love and kindness and mercy he is. We begin to understand his character. We begin to understand that even when life's hard or we find ourselves in the pit, that that situation isn't good, but God is good and he still wants to be good to us. As we stop, we see who God really is. And we also hear him directing us of the things that he wants us to do and how he wants to invest the gold that he so richly placed in each one of us. We can all hear God's voice. It's a case of wanting to hear it and slowing down enough and just learning to listen to God speak to us through scripture, through God speaking to us through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit saying this is the way, walk in it. And one of the key things for listening to the voice of God is does this line up with scripture? Does this line up with what the Bible says? And the greatest investment you will ever make in your life is abiding with Jesus. The inner work of your time of being with the Lord will bear great fruit. It is the greatest investment that you will ever make because it will overflow out of who you are into the lives that you touch and to the things that you do. And Jesus was absolutely intentional. He was the son of God, but he did not skimp on his inner life. He was absolutely intentional on the time he spent with the father. And he said, I only do what I see the father doing. And we can hear God's voice so clearly in our lives saying, this is the way walk in it. If we slow ourselves down, if we stop, if we pay attention to the stop sign, if we pay attention to the no entry sign, if we intentionally listen and create a rhythm and a pattern of being with God and learning to listen to him, and we will invest our gold in the right places.
and maybe you're um, feeling in that pit today I just really want to encourage you that the Lord is with you in that I was reflecting on uh, my relationship with uh, my daughter she's my youngest child she's the only one small enough to come and kind of sit on my lap when she's feeling uh, a bit sad or she's fallen over or something like that the other two are too big for that now and I don't like it when something bad happens to her but I do kind of enjoy that time of that bonding of me being with her me kind of holding her and enveloping her and I really feel like the Lord just wants you to know that that's that you are his child and that he just invites you today wherever you are however you feel maybe you just feel like I'm stuck I can't go on life is just too tough well the Lord just invites you as his child that you've got nothing to prove you've got nothing to prove to him that he loves you just the way you are to come and sit with him and to let him envelop you in his arms of love because he loves you so much and he wants to I don't know whisper in your ear he wants to encourage you say come on come on we can do this God has set you apart he knows you by name he's died for you he's redeemed you and he's calling you on So no entry sign. When I thought and prayed about the no entry sign, I felt like the Lord just wanted to say and just remind us that for us as followers of Jesus, there is just certain things that are just a no. There is just certain things where God just says, I have set you apart from the world. I've called you out of that. You are to be in the world, but not of the world. And there is just certain things that you are just not to be involved in and not to do. And maybe the Spirit of God, as I say, is just highlighting something in your life. The Lord says, I've got better for you. I've got more for you. And maybe the Holy Spirit is just showing you something that that is in your life. Maybe that's something you need to just come before the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, is there anything in me that you just want me to, to stop? Is there just something that is just not right for me? It's just a no entry sign. That's so important. And I'm just going to read us something that fits with this. And it's from Ephesians 5. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such an idolaterer, person an idolaterer, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, but because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient, Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, full of the fruit of the light, consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible 
and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Remember the stop, remember the warning sign of the person asleep in the bed. The next bit says, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's quite a long passage of scripture, but it's just so rich and there's so much in it that there are just certain things for us as followers of Jesus where God just puts a no entry sign and says, I've called you, I've set you apart from the world. You're not to live as everyone else lives. I have got better for you. When it says then speak to each other in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, I used to think to myself, that is just so ridiculous. What am I going to do? Just walk around talking to everyone in the psalms. But it's not about that. It's about the kind of the things that come out of our mouth are to be things that are to be glorifying to the Lord. And in terms of the being asleep, I think the Lord just really wants to say to some of us today, wake up, O oh sleeper. The pandemic has been such a difficult time mentally and physically, and it's had a massive, huge impact on many, many people. I know it's had an impact on me. I'm sure it's had an impact on you. And I feel like that warning sign and that wake up, oh sleeper, that maybe for some of us, we are kind of in a spiritual hibernation. We've kind of like, life just seems so much that it's like we've just gone into hibernation and everything just seems too difficult. I feel today that the Lord just wants to call you out of that, just to wake up and say, come on, look around, L put your eyes on me, look at who I am, wake up, it's time to wake up, I've got new things for you, I've got new things for you, I want you to know more of me, I want you to know new things of me, I've got new things for you to do, new things for you to explore, new adventures. Do not dwell on the past, says Isaiah. See, I am doing a new thing. Ask the Holy Spirit, wake me up. So often I have to say to the Lord, wake me up, wake me up, because we live in a spiritual world. And it's so easy just to fix our eyes on the world and the things of the world and they can become like idols. They can become more important. Our friendships or our things or where we're going on holiday or our career can, without even realising it, really quickly become a greater focus than our relationship with Jesus. And the Bible calls this an idol. And I know my own life, I have to keep stopping, I have to keep rerouting, I have to keep checking, I have to think, keep saying to myself, are there things in my life that are becoming more important than Jesus? Are there things that you want to reroute in me? Are there things that I'm doing or thinking or just slight attitudes in my heart which are just a no entry sign that I need to be different and keep being different even if nobody else is in that area of my life? Lord, wake me up spiritually. Where I'm spiritually asleep, where I'm kind of living just in the world but without a spiritual reality, wake me up. Revelation 22, verse 12 says, Behold, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me, 
a gift to each one according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. James says in verse 4, 14, it says, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. This life and all it brings is just a mist. And the Lord is with us in the midst of the mist. But he has an eternal place for us as followers of Jesus. And that is better than we could ever, ever, ever get our head around. So can I encourage you to invest in your relationship with Jesus? Can I encourage you to reroute and redirect? Listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to you, inviting to every single area of your life. Can I encourage you to say, are there areas of my life where you are just putting up a no entry sign, whether that's habits, whether that's attitudes, whether that's an action that you are thinking of taking? And can I encourage you as well, say, Lord, fill me with your spirit and wake me up. I'm just gonna pray for us before we finish. Father, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you are all loving, all powerful. I thank you that you know every single person listening to this by name, that you know every hair on their head, that you wanna be intimately involved in their life, that you want them to be so full of your spirit and your joy and your peace and your presence, that you have things that you have called them by name into, you have new things of yourself for them to know about you. And it's a deeper relationship. Lord, would you encourage every person listening to stop and to invite you into the real depths of who they are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.